Uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you all. Uh, <laughs> uh, the holidays. Uh, I, hope that, uh, I hope that all of you had a chance to uh, spend some time with uh, friends and family um, over Christmas. I did. Um, and uh, now I actually get to spend time with, uh, with Aaron's family because, you know, we're getting married and we're uh, starting to, like, put our lives together. And it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. Her family is, um, they're amazing. They're, they're crazy. They're wild. And uh, when we get together, one thing I've noticed every single time uh, that we're, we're together, her uncle Harold uh, tells a story about me. Um, one, one of the first times that I, I hung out with him over the summer, it was a, a birthday party, I think, and uh, I, I went into Uncle Harold and Aunt Kathy's house, and I was, you know, trying to make a good impression, and everyone was in the back, out, out in the backyard, and so I decided that I was going to go in there and, you know, crack some jokes and be really cool, and so I, I, I walked right outside and went right into the glass door, which was closed. And I so, oh. <laughs> so I, I opened it, and then everyone had just stopped talking. And they were like, first, who are you? And second, what? And I was like, ah, I'm, I'm Tom, you know, Aaron's, Aaron's boyfriend. Nice to meet you guys. <laughs> and they're like, uh, they're like that, that door, it's, uh, it's pretty clean, huh? It's like, yeah. Now it's got a little smudge right there in the shape of my face. And so uh, we were sitting there, and then and later on, about 30, 40 minutes later, uh, Harold walks out of the house, and he, uh, he has this tape, and he starts, <laughs> puts a big X on the door. And he looks at me, he's like, that's for you. <laughs> and so every single time we get together, without fail, without fail, someone makes a comment like, hey, Tom, watch out for the door, you know, or... Uh, or, Tom, we were thinking about getting, like, a picture of you and putting it up on the uh, glass door, you know, just to remember you. Every time. And it got me thinking about, you know, family time and what happens every single time family gets together, especially around food is what happens. Everybody gets around the table, and we begin to tell stories, right? We tell stories about our past together, about our common experiences, the things that... that put us together, that tie us together. There's a lot, usually a lot of laughter, a lot of excitement. And, and as we're doing it, as we're telling these stories, I mean, in Harold's case, it's like, it's stories like that. But that's his way of saying, you're part of the family now. You can trust us. You're one of us. We're not going to give up on you. And you know that because of what we're doing together right now. And I hope that that kind of reminds you of, of some of your own times that you've been with your family or friends, close friends, uh, this church family. You get together and you start talking and you start laughing together and you start realizing that this time indicates that these people are going to stand by you. Well, as it happens, this is not unique to me, to us, to this culture in fact, it's something that we inherit from uh, the people of Israel. It's part of our, our Christian heritage, too. In fact, when, uh, in the, uh, probably about the 6th or 7th century B.C., when the people would gather at the temple to worship, they would do exactly the same thing. 
And, and gathering at the temple wasn't like what we, we come every week, you know. It's, I, I live, what, you know, five, six miles away, right? No big deal. Just get in the car, here in five, ten minutes. In ancient Israel, people lived 65, 100 miles away from Jerusalem. To go to the temple was a once in a year, twice in a year, big opportunity. It was, it was exciting. It was finally the whole family gathers together for one of the large festivals to participate, to pray together. And the first thing that they would do when they got together is they would remember. They would tell stories. And those stories were their prayers. Because the stories weren't about the stuff that they had done. The stories that they told were the, stu- were the things that God had done for them. And as they told these stories together, they realized in their worship that the God who had done those things in the past is the same God that was going to carry them into the future. Now, that's a big deal in the 5th century B.C. Because in the 5th century B.C., the people of Israel have been beaten down. They've been kicked around. Their temple has been destroyed. They've been sent off to slavery. They've come back and rebuilt. They're oppressed by every power around them. And it's hard for them to believe that things are going to be okay. And so once, twice a year, they get together and they read Psalm 136. So let's do that right now. Uh, If you have your pew Bibles, it's page 330. Um, This is the New King James. And we're going to do what's called an antiphonal reading. This is exactly, exactly what they would have done, although they would have probably been speaking Hebrew since they didn't speak English. But they were going to do exactly what they did with the same text, where a worship leader would stand up over the people, probably had something like a bullhorn, and would declare one line. And then the next line would be the congregation shouting, shouting together. And what's wonderful about Psalm 136 is that your part is really easy. If you look at it, it's the same thing over and over and over and over. But we're going to do something a little bit different. In your uh, New King James, it says... Um, the, uh, the second part of each verse says, For his mercy endures forever. Um, if you uh, notice the first song we sang today um, that Scott led, it, it's called Forever by Chris Tomlin. It's based on this psalm. And uh, in, in that, in that, uh, the psalm lyrics for that song, that song says, uh, For his love endures forever. And it's difficult for us to have the right sort of translation because this word that gets translated variously, mercy, love, faithful love, uh, covenantal loyalty. There's a whole slew of different translations. And what it really means, what it, when it comes down to it, what this word hesed means is that there's a God out there who's closer to you than family. There's a God out there that is a lot like a blood brother. Uh, I'm glad that Jeff is here today because... Uh, Back when we were very young, we did the blood brother thing. Did you ever do that? Yeah. Oh, Lou did. Good. Were you like, I, this is, I, he probably doesn't remember. I remember because I don't like pain. <laughs> and then you like shake, right? And what that, what that says is it says no matter what, no matter what, I got your back. No matter what, I got your back. You know what? You might do the wrong thing. You might, do, you might, you might fall apart. You might mess up. But I'm going to be there for you, and I'm never going to give up on you. That's blood brothers. That's chesed. That is the love of God to his people. I'm always going to be there, and I'm never going to give up on you. 
So when it says mercy, ah, that's just, that doesn't quite get it. There's, um, even love doesn't quite get it. Because it's not just mercy, and it's not just love. Um, my professor, one of my professors at Fuller translates it as covenantal mercy. There's a pact, an unbreakable bond that is never going away. In the uh, message translation of the Bible, this phrase gets translated, His love never quits. His love never quits. And that is it. That captures it. You got these people. They've been oppressed on all sides. And they're wondering, how are we going to make it? And the worship leader declares to them in their history. And they respond and say, yes, his love never quits. The love of our families sometimes falls apart. The love of our friends sometimes falls apart. The love of our nation, of our communities, they fall apart. But his love never quits. His love never quits. So we're going we're gonna to read this together. And you know what? I'd actually kind of like it if... Uh, actually, you don't have to read it at all. You can just listen. And your part will be, His love never quits. Now, if you guys just kind of... His love never quits. And yet, that, that's not going to work for me. Okay? It's really not. I'm going to need some oomph from you. I'm going to need some... His love never quits. Or, His love never quits. Something like that. Okay? Can you do that for me, Glenn? You got my back? Alright. Blood brother, you got my back? Alright, okay. Um, one last thing before we, uh, we do this. Um, there's a couple parts in there that you might not be familiar with. Og, king of Bashan, you'll hear about him. He was a giant. And his army was invincible. But Moses and Joshua, as they were coming out of Egypt, stormed up against Og and laid him to waste. Right after that, there's a, a King Sihon, uh, of the Amorites, same deal, a warlord, a tribal chief that the Israelites smashed. And at the time that this was written, there were lots of different um, stories that had cropped up about these two figures. And uh, one of the stories is that um, at Noah's Ark, that uh, Og, of, Og of Bashan had actually like hung on to the Ark. He was like 3,000 years old. And he was like the toughest, greatest warrior. Yeah, this is in the Mishnah. You can check it out. It's really cool. Uh, and, and the idea that this amazing, wonderful, larger-than-life, gigantic, powerful tribal chief was nothing before God. Was nothing before the people of Israel with God on their side. So when we get there, it's, it's kind of like a... It's like even the biggest, strongest, toughest... Nothing. Not when, you're, not when his love never quits. Alright? So, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Um, go ahead and stand... Oh, yes, it's participatory church. It's fun. See, if we were Catholic, we would do stuff like this all the time. Stand up, sit down. Yeah, it's great. Tradition, it's awesome. Okay. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a line, okay? And then I'll I'll do this, just like in Catholic church. And that'll signal you that it's your turn to respond, okay? And your response is? That's right! Now, this is going to be a long time, okay? This is, this is like 25, 26 verses here. So about verse 16, you're going to start to get tired, all right? So at about verse 16, I'm going to pause. I'm going to say, bring it back, people. His love never quits, okay? Are you with me? All right, here we go. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. 
Oh, give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To Him who alone does great wonders. To Him who by wisdom made the heavens. To Him who laid out the earth above the waters. To Him who made great lights. To rule sun, to sun to rule by day. Moon and stars to rule by night. Who struck Egypt at their firstborn. And brought out Israel from among them. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm. To him who divided the Red Sea in two. And made Israel pass through the midst of it. Overthrew Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. And led his people through the wilderness. Yeah, I know. You guys are doing great. Really proud of you. This is our prayer. So let's keep, let's keep up the energy. Lloyd, his love never quits. You got it. Okay. Verse, verse 17. To him who struck down the great kings. And slew famous kings. Shihon, king of the Amorites. Og, king of Bashan. Gave their land as a heritage. A heritage to Israel, his servants. Who remembered us in our lowly state. Who rescued us from our enemies. Who gives food to all flesh. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven. Amen. May be seated. We're not done worshiping, though. Oh, no. You see, because something's happened in between the time this was written and where we are now. You see, the same God who delivered Israel didn't stop delivering. His love didn't quit in the 5th century B.C. His love has made itself manifest in the past 2,500 years. You see, not only did He strike down the famous kings then, But when all looked like it could no longer be good, He sent us His Son. When we were lost and had no way to have peace and unity, He sent us His Holy Spirit. He gave us the church to hold us fast and to show us the way to live rightly. And this year, in 2008, he miraculously healed Greg Thorne, Bonnie Livingston, and Bob West. He called out this people to serve Haiti. This congregation fed 150 people for an entire month after four hurricanes in Haiti because... He roused up Casey Anderson to put together an incredible MOPS program reaching out to the mothers of Orange County because his love never quits. He sent us out on Faith in Action Sunday to change the world a little bit. 
Because His love never quits. It's relentless. It's unstoppable. And He never, ever gives up. Faith in Action Sunday. Over the summer, the VBS program. Look back at what He has done in this past year. And remember, His love never quits. This history, this psalm, it's not finished yet. This community, this community is the ending of this psalm. Until the day our Lord returns and calls us home, His love never quits. His love never quits. So I would ask you to remember that. This day we've worshipped together and we've declared who God is, how His Hesed never quits. And that is our assurance that this year was good. Next year is going to be better. And everything in the world is being brought to its right conclusion in the power of God through the work of the Holy Spirit in this community. His love never quits. Let's pray. Mighty God, You who set the earth on sure foundations, You who delivered Your people from captivity, You who toppled kings, You who sent Your Son, We worship You, Lord, because Your love never quits. We love You, Lord, because Your love never quits. We look forward to the way You're going to work in 2009, just as You worked in 2008 and 2007, 6, 5, all the way back to the beginning of your love when you set it on Abraham. We love you, God. And in the name of Jesus and for His sake we pray. Amen.